Hello, and welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, a ministry of Faith Baptist Church. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday on our daily walk with Christ, hosted by Stephen and Andy Bitsko, myself. Today we're going to be using our Bibles as well as the low, uh, 365 Days of Spurgeon devotional. If you don't have a Bible on hand, you can get it at Logos.com as well as the 365 Days of Spurgeon devotional. The Logos Bible software is free. However, the Spurgeon devotional is not and is totally optional. Please, if you have the opportunity to share this podcast on whatever platform you're on at this moment, we would appreciate it. Or afterwards. Or afterwards. Or during. Preferably not during. Whenever you have a chance. Share, share, share. All right. Today's... Message. Man, I didn't see the title beforehand. <laughs> I told you, this was going to be the one. This is it. May 1st, Go ahead, say 1859. It. Say it with emotion. War, war, war. No, you got to like say, war, war, war. Come on. I could, but I'm not going to. All right, you're weak. I am. First text we're going to be reading is James chapter number three, verses 13 through 18. Please take a moment and the podcast to find that in your Bibles. And in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, we see, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying is and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. What's good conversation has works with meekness of wisdom. Good conversation has works with meekness of wisdom. What do you think there, Andy? If you don't know, Andy's my son, 16 years old, smarter than the snail on the ground right now. Go ahead. What <laughs> is good conversation? Uh, his I, works with meekness of wisdom. I see when, I, when I'm reading it, I see right after that, um, you know, a lot of times the the, the Bible plays two sides of the same coin, one right after the other. Um, let him show out a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. But right after it, it says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. That's saying that, you know, you will at some point envy and, you know, have strife in your life and strife in your heart. You shouldn't be glorying in that or taking pleasure in that. You should also not be lying against the truth or lying to yourself that you are in a good place. A lot of times, and I know this is for me personally, when I want something so badly that it becomes the focus of what I'm doing, I can tell myself I'm completely all right as long as I get this thing or get this thing done or get this thing accomplished. Not necessarily a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. It could be anything that you are, you're lying to yourself and telling yourself that you are okay 
as long as this, this, and that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a good thing. That's what I see in this. Right, because the next part of that verse says, This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. You know, that's not the proper thinking. You should You should not be thinking... I am going to be happier if I just go buy this one thing, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not, and we see it all the time in the world. We see people, you're not a true American unless you buy a house. Mm-hmm. Then you are an American. <laughs> I don't think I've lived in a house that we've owned. For... Well, we've been, we've been in the military exactly. for like 25 yeah. <laughs> some plus years. I mean, <laughs> we just come and go wherever Uncle Sam tells us to go. But... You know, we hear those things, or I'm not going to be happy unless I have the Ford Rapture truck, you mm-hmm. know, with the 2,500-inch tires, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. Uh, also, I see another thing. The, the, the second two-thirds, second half of the, this section. This wisdom descendeth not from above. Okay. Note, I, I would notice the word wisdom. Mm. Words in the, and this is the interesting thing about the Bible. Words are repeated, repetition in the Bible to drive home a point. Words are also used differently in the same section to also make a point. So let's, let's read it again. This wisdom descendeth not from above. Okay, so it's talking about the envying the strife. But also, we go down to, I believe, it's 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. So we take the same word, wisdom, and we take it from the, the wisdom that descendeth not from above. So, you know, the wisdom man, you know, every, every American has to buy a house, you know. Every American has to do this. Every, you know, good person has to do this. And then we take the wisdom that is from above. Wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, all of those things are very hard to accomplish at any one time, given alone, you know, one by itself. But that's the wisdom that is from above, that, you know, the wisdom of Solomon that we should be striving for every day. And so, I think that's the, that's, that's the important part of this this text yeah right full here. mercy and good fruits but without partiality what was that without partiality without respect of the individual you know pure and peaceable and gentle without respect of the individual and without hypocr- hypocrisy without being a hypocrite mm-hmm. but saying one thing to that person and then when you don't see them you you say something else mm-hmm you know, you're a hypocrite, you're a gossip, right? If you're mm-hmm. talking bad about someone when they're not there. Definitely. Definitely. So, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, there's that, there's that fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So righteousness is in the peace of them that make peace. So if you're a peacemaker, you're righteous in the eyes of God. It's the right thing to do. I think getting into the, into the, the topic of the message of war, 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 I'm reminded of the story of Sergeant York. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of you aren't familiar with the story of Sergeant York, uh, World War One, he was, I believe it was Tennessee or Kentucky. I think, I believe it was Kentucky. Uh, he was a non, I guess you'd call Come pacifist. On. Yeah, he was a pacifist. He was a pacifist. Um, he wasn't always a pacifist. When he was in, in his younger ages, uh, when he was younger, 
he was the the drunk about town, always cro- causing problems. And then he got saved and, you know, became a pacifist. He believed that God didn't want him killing people. Well, World War One came around and the drafts came and he 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 came up to be drafted and he put in for a conscious conscious conscientious objector, um, which was denied and I believe it was denied twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to uh, basic training for the army and the I, I don't the CEO. his CEO, mm-hmm. um, you know, sent him back home. Allowed he, him to allowed go him back. to go home. Yeah. because Sergeant York told him, I don't know if you can trust me to to kill someone if mm-hmm. I need to, and. He, his CEO sent him back home to go read his Bible and, you know, go see if he could make peace with the fact that he might have to kill someone if he had to. Wise counseling. Wise counseling. And he came to the conclusion, and not everyone comes to this conclusion, and I think on this topic specifically, it's a very personal conviction, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to war and things like that. But he came to the own personal conviction that to be a peacemaker— the fruit of righteousness and sown of peace of them that make peace. To be a peacemaker, sometimes you have to not have peace yourself. Hmm. And I, I think when you're go, when you're going for peace, when it's the fruit of righteousness is sown in the peace of them that make peace. It's not necessarily those that you know keep peace within themselves, but those that are constantly fighting for peace for others. And I, I think that's. That's something that's personal conviction of what is peace for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can take that. I mean, uh, also the peace within, too, is another point. Um, you did mention it a little bit, and I want the audience to hold on to this discussion we just had here talking about peace, talking about meekness of wisdom, talking about uh, wisdom from above talking about all these good fruits and full of mercy and gentle and easy and peaceable and without um, partiality and without hypocrisy, to hold on to all those things because you're probably going to hear it mentioned a little bit later in this message. And I I thank Andy for really starting this out really well. Um, I'll tell you, every day you impress me. I haven't read the Spurgeon notes. I have not read the Spurgeon notes. Uh, Every day you you impress (laughs) me a little bit more on this so we're going to go ahead and and tell you the title here war 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 is we're going to be talking of an excerpt of a sermon delivered on the sabbath morning monday the first 1859 by the reverend charles spurgeon at the music hall of royal surrey in gardens okay and we're going to discuss it with this excerpt and we're going to go ahead and begin with It is a Christian's duty always to have war with war. To have bitterness in our hearts against any man that lives is to serve Satan. We must speak very strongly and sternly against error and against sin. But against men, we have not a word to say. Though it were the Pope himself, I have no enemy in my heart against him as a man, but as Antichrist. With men... The Christian is one. Are we not every man's brother? God hath made of one flesh all people that dwell upon the face of the earth. The cause of Christ is the cause of humanity. We all, we, excuse me, we are friends to all and are enemies to none. We do not speak evil, even of the false prophet himself. As a man, 
but as a false prophet, we are sworn, we are his sworn opponents. Now, Christians, you have a difficult battle to fight. Because you fight with all evil and hostility between man and man, you are to be peacemakers. Go wherever you may. If you see a quarrel, you are to abate it. You are to pluck firebrands out of the fire and try to squelch, squelch them in the waters of loving kindness. It is your mission to bring the nations together and weld them into one. It is yours to make man love man, to make him no more the devourer of his kind. This you can only do by being the friends of purity. Smite error, smite sin, and you have done your best to promote happiness and union among mankind. O go, Christian, into spirit strength and smite your own anger. Put that to death. Smite your own pride. Level that. And then smite every other man's anger. Make peace wherever you can. Scatter peace with both your hands. And that was the message that was delivered by Charles Spurgeon. And he pulled this from 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 17. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter Mirab, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou um, valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, let not, let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. Yes. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, for, Paul said, for Saul said, let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him, because Saul had another plan. Saul was going to go after David, mm -hmm. obviously, by setting him up with the Philistines. And for Saul doesn't do any blood killing, mm -hmm. in per se, he was going to have the Philistines do that. But we know what happens later on in First Samuel and Samuel and Second Samuel. So, what? I had uh, I was thinking uh, we were talking about or you were just reading now uh, Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, I was thinking about two things. Um, first thing is is if you take a moment to remember when Spurgeon preached this message. This was 1859. Mm -hmm. This was five or so years before the Civil War. Um, he preached in England the majority of the time mm -hmm. um, throughout his life. But if you take some of his words that he said mm -hmm. and you applied them to the Civil War, and I'm going to back up a couple of slides so we can read this again. Okay, go ahead. If you see, I believe it's the next slide back. It is your mission to bring the nations together and weld, the, weld them into one. It is yours to make man love man, to make him no more the devourer of his kind. Just fast forward five years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where America was split apart. And, yeah. You know, man didn't love man, per se. Right. And they were devouring their own kind. Just if you think, and, th and this is the thing with a lot of Spurgeon's message messages that he's that he preached during his lifetime is you could take that message and apply it in almost any time in modern history and it will be applicable he, spurgeon is saying 
It is our job to bring unity in every way possible between us and everyone else. Because at some point, you run out of people to kill. It might take a while, Mm -hmm. but at some point, you run out of people to kill. And then at that point, you have nothing else. There's nothing. There's nothing. You. The world is completely empty, literally. And, and you probably hate everyone. And you after. probably hate everyone. Yeah, after you killed everyone. And I think, you know, when when we're talking about, and then we go to to First Samuel, when we when we talk about, for Saul said, "Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him." This, I think, is applicable to World War Two. Hmm. And let me let me take a second to tell you how World War Two, before World War Two, nineteen thirty eight range. When uh, Hitler uh, went into Austria and Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. the reason Hitler was able to go into Austria and Czechoslovakia was because France and uh, England did nothing to stop him from going into Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. and into Austria. It started with him marching into the Rhineland and breaking the, uh, the Treaty of Versailles in 1935. And then he marched into Austria, and England didn't stop him. France mm-hmm. didn't stop him. He marched into Czechoslovakia, and England didn't stop him, and mm-hmm. France didn't stop him. Take that and put, for England said, let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Austrians be upon him. Mm-hmm. And I think this apathy is worse than war. I think those, and, uh, you know, if, if there's any... British people listening to this, you know, you guys got the act together and, you know, we came in and saved the day too at the end. You know, we, we, America solved all America. the problems. Yeah. But, you know, in the, you know, that, that three or four year period from 1935 to, you know, 1939, mm-hmm. England played the politics of apathy and it killed millions and millions of people, mainly Jews. Mm-hmm. And that was not peace. No. Peace was, came through war. And there it says, blessed are the peacemakers. Correct. Blessed are the peacemakers. If we go to Matthew chapter number 5, an excellent point, Andy. Excellent point. Bringing in history. I love it. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So as Spurgeon spoke to Christians, he was encouraging them to be peacemakers because that's, that's the true, one of the true characteristics of a of a child of God, is to be a peacemaker. So if we take what Andy said throughout history, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, let's look at what we have right now. Right now, we're starting to divide as a nation, especially with this COVID of like, you know, open it up, close it up, open it up, close it up. Different states are staying closed. Certain states are opening up. Certain cities within states are fighting against governors to not open up when the governor says to open up. There's division. And I'm not trying to make this as a political podcast. <laughs> far from it. Far from it. But, we're, but what I'm stating is that we, you have to first identify that you're a Christian. And once you have identified yourself as a Christian, you have to go to the council, which is the word of God, and take Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9, it said, Blessed are the peacemakers, that you're a peacemaker, because you're called the children of God. And to do that, we need to be men that hear the Prince of Peace. And, and if I could take it to Isaiah 
chapter number 9, verse number 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now this, this is usually told during when? Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Everybody hears this during Christmas. We got it on trees. We got it on walls. We got it on everywhere. But the main thing is, is this Savior, Messiah, Jesus Christ, is in control of everything. He is absolutely in control of everything, and he is the Prince of Peace. Meaning that he, he is the, the, the peace. He's the peace of two ways. Number one, he's the peace within us because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And number two, he's the peace because he, he, he controls the world. He, he, is the, he is the ultimate king of kings. There's another Christmas verse. So we have to take that in consideration. You're looking at me, Andy, like you want to say something here. Go ahead. Well, I'm thinking, you know, Christ was the ultimate peacemaker. But in being the ultimate peacemaker, he was killed. He, you know, the soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about that, even when Christ was turning over tables in the temple, he wasn't shouting slanderous words mm-hmm. at the people there. There was a certain softness in the way he was... I'll repeat the sentence twice in the way he was aggressively speaking. Mm -hmm. There was a certain softness in the way he was aggressively speaking. Okay. If he was trying to make peace and reconcile people, even as he's flipping over tables, even as he's yelling at people that this is the temple of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was speaking to borrow a phrase from Teddy Roosevelt, speaking softly and carrying a big stick. He was carrying a, a huge <laughs> stick. Yes. Okay. I mean, it was a stick with an SH. Stick. Yeah. Okay. He, but he was speaking softly, always trying to make peace. That th- Him trying to make peace is why so many people loved him and why so many people hated him. So if we take that and look at that ourselves, how can we make peace with as many people as possible in the way that most honors God. And we can look at that for our other point and say who alone can give them peace with God and as a result, peace with man. Just like you're saying right here, Andy, if we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 14 through 17, the Bible says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereof, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. So, again, we come to the point where we say he is the peace. He is the peacemaker, but just not within us, but we should also expand that out to others. And like you illustrated earlier, Andy, what he did at the temple, at the synagogue, 
He was flipping tables. He was opening up gates for animals. He was letting, them, letting the doves fly. Everything could happen. You know, everything did happen. But he didn't pull up a stick and start whipping people either. Okay? But he made his point. So there has to be a balance between being the Christian, being peaceful, but also making that stand. And where do you think that stand would be? Where do you think that, that, that communication would be? Do you, yeah, and you've got to understand, from the first couple of verses that you said earlier in this podcast, okay, it's not man versus man. It's man versus, we go into uh, Hebrews, we get, uh, Ephesians, we get the principalities, darkness, Satan, the devil, the Antichrist, whatever you want to say that Spurgeon addresses the Pope as. All those things are not man versus man. And the only way to battle that and the only way to start to have that communication is to tell them that, first of all, they need Christ. That they need Christ. Because you're going to, if there's an argument that's taking place, one says one thing, the other person says another, you're not going against that man directly. If they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they don't have a full, clear focus on what's taking place. But let's say they're both Christians. Let's say they're both saved. They're on their way to heaven and they want to fight back and forth. Let's say they want to do that. They want to say, I want to be purple. No, I want to be green. No, I want to be purple. No, I want to be green. And they're both Christians and they're both saved and they both have an understanding of Christ and they both know that they're on their way to heaven. We look again at our verse it says, who hath made both one, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 14, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enemy, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twine one new man. Realize that God's ultimate plan is to get rid of sin. Ultimately, from the beginning of Adam and Eve to the end when he burns the heavens and the earth and creates a new earth, he wants to get rid of that sin. Ultimately. That's all he wants. So if we live on this earth and we're arguing and we're bitter and we're, we're yelling towards each other and we're both Christians, you're now creating conflict, bitterness, hate, anger towards man and that's not the goal as being a christian and that's what i'm trying to bring us all down to everything we've said is that us as christians we shouldn't have that conflict exactly exactly. you know i i yelled at you earlier today (laughs) okay yeah you know i did and that's not what's supposed to be my goal as being a christian especially as being a father and we have to come to that realization that if we lose our temper or if we get mad, we need to pull it back mm-hmm. because we need to be the peacemakers because the peacemakers are the children of God. And if we are a follower and if we're a believer with God, we need to realize that peace that he is within us, we need to do it out, outerly as well mm-hmm. with others. I mean, this, this the topic that we've moved into is... Uh... You could do a, a whole devotional about it, and we don't have enough time to cover it today. But I was I was quickly flipping through my Bible to see if I could find it real quick. 
Um, if, if you would like to read more in the Bible about this topic, about, mm-hmm. you know, Christian contention, uh, read 1 Corinthians, especially oh, yeah. the first couple of chapters of 1 yeah. Corinthians. Um, or Paul, 13, love. Paul talks yeah. a lot about contention in the church and division mm-hmm. and how important it is that we reconcile ourselves with other Christians and, <clears throat> excuse me, not just other Christians, but our families as, as well as our families that are Christian and as well as our families that aren't Christian. And, you know, it's, it's so important that we find how we can be peacemakers because, you know, you're, you can be a peacemaker in war, you can be a peacemaker in, you know, bringing people together. There are so many ways you can be a peacemaker, but I'll leave you with one thought. There's only one way you can truly find peace for yourself, and that's through the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. If you haven't found peace today, um, please contact us at Faith Life. Uh, We have our website at faithbaptistelpaso.org, as well as faithlife.com forward slash faithelpaso. That's the Faith Life community if you would like to uh, talk with us and communicate with other members of the church. Also, Facebook at faith facebook.com forward slash faith el paso we also have a bible study on wednesday nights which we kicked off last wednesday with our pastor mark rinka and the pastor's study uh, it, it was it was, it was a, good, it was good. I, I really I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it yeah um if you'd like to join us i believe that's 7 30 on wednesday night mountain standard time mountain standard time yeah you can also get uh, a copy of all the recordings of the services mm-hmm. at our website at uh, okay. faithbaptistelpaso.org mm-hmm. just click on our media page and we have all the different media platforms that we have okay thank you very much for listening we appreciate it and i just gotta say it was great to have andy back it was really <laughs> boring yesterday it was a lot nicer having you back Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day.